0: I broke Arizona records,
1: Rod. I went to Arizona State.
2: Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Welcome
1: in a special guest today, Hei Jung Park, the Pat Tillman Foundation scholar who got to attend the Super Bowl this week, was on the field. Hei Jung, how are you today, first of all?
3: Today has been just another exciting day. I'm preparing to travel for a couple months, and so
2: it's just been planning and packing. And then uh, just on Sunday, just everything that happened um when did you learn that you were going to be able to uh, be a part of this uh, coin toss and that they were going to honor pat and um you know the, the tillman foundation and and you on the, on the field
3: so the timeline's right now a blur but i believe around january time frame the four scholars that were invited to this event were asked to just hop on and to help the foundation uh with an investor, right? And so the four of us hop onto this Zoom call and then Dave was like Dave, our foundation CEO, had mentioned like, hey Give me a second. And then like invites the investor into the zoom call. And of course, like, it's like JJ Watts, who's just like, (laughs) and we're all star struck. We're just in awe. And I'm from Arizona right now. And JJ Watts, just such a superstar. He's he's one of the most loved players in Arizona. And I'm sitting there. And J.J. Watt is basically telling us, not only are y'all going to the Super Bowl, you are going to represent the the foundation and Pat Tillman's legacy by being the honorary captains on the field. And from then till Sunday, it's been uh, meeting with the NFL. And Nick, um, who filmed us for the video clip, for those of you who saw before the game, that, clip, and then um, just coordination and making sure that all the other scholars that are from out of town come here and enjoy the experience all together.
0: So I gotta ask, I, I've been to a Super Bowl. I, I worked the last one that was here, Super Bowl. I don't know what the number is. XLIX cool flex, 2015. A nice flex. But the reason why I want to ask is I only got to go onto the field post-game, right? I got no crowd. The teams are gone. There's a bunch of confetti on it. I want to know what it's like when you're walking onto the field of the Super Bowl for the coin toss the crowds going nuts. The referee is literally talking to you, giving you your honors onto the field. Like, just take me through that moment because I, I, in my ten years working in sports, I've never been in in that moment before.
3: So we're walking through this tunnel, right, and that directs into the football field, and it's well lit on the other side. And we're going through this tunnel, and you see this like the the, the crowd and and the energy so when you're down there with that many people we really couldn't hear what's going what's being said and all we feel down on the on the field is just this energy you can feel the shift right and and the crowd from both eagles and the chiefs just wild and and then you walk by the player who's just like a mountain like right like (laughs) four peaks over there and I'm the desert down here and we're just like he's breathing a different air than I am at this point um and then when we were told to line up and then we you prior to the day where we're going to be standing and things like that but that practice was very different than you know being actually on the day um and then when fab flipped the coin beautifully right if, if for those of you who saw it, it was just like the Toro, i was so excited for her because she's <laughs> been practicing that because that has to be nerve-wracking right an actual
0: so, official failed to have a coin toss to actually have a coin flip i mean it even a pro ref doesn't know how to do a coin flip. It's not your
2: correctly. average quarter.
0: Oh yeah. Also, did you get to feel it? How heavy is that thing?
3: Um, you know, I don't. The reference that we received was this kind of a poker chip, kind of.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: And so it's heavier than a regular quarter um, or a coin. But it, I mean, again, Fab, practice. She said she got it. We trusted her, and she did that beautifully. And I, I screamed before we knew if it was head or, heads or tails. And so, way to go, Fab.
1: So you 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 gave her her props as it was in the air basically.
3: Right, exactly. As soon as I like did, saw the coins tumble, I was like, "Yes!" And then when when um I think it was tails, right? I don't even know what it was, but yep, I was t- so excited. because tails
1: like, never fails.
3: Right. Yeah. And and then the crowds went wild and so, yeah. <laughs>
1: um I wanted to know just going back to the Pat Tillman Foundation as a whole, um what it what the Pat Tillman Foundation means to you.
3: Yeah, so Pat Tillman, is, uh, and for those of us who are in Arizona, is just like a um, household name, right? You, you see his legacy, and we, as a community here, really do support the foundation and the foundation's mission. For me, when I was accepted, the foundations are, or the scholarship from the foundation, um, it really meant being a part of the scholar body that wanted to see the world change for the better, Right. So we have 800 plus um, number of scholars within the foundation and each of us are embedded in different fields of expertise. And when we group together and when we come together, truly, there's this magical moment when we can address a problem and we tackle that problem from various perspectives. And so being a Tillman scholar means being in a room where we're able to produce um, the change that we want to see in the world. And so it's been a phenomenal experience. I'm a 2020 Pat Tillman scholar, and I've been a part of it for about two, three years. And even within this short amount of time, I've, I've made so many great friends and the foundation itself functions as people ask me, what do you have to do for the foundation as a scholar? And honestly, the foundation really exists to support the scholars. And that that's what's amazing about it. They never really ask us to do anything as scholars besides go out there and make an impact of positive, positive impact in this world. And if there's anything that we can do as a foundation to amplify that voice, we are here for you. And so the symbiotic relationship between the scholars and the foundation is beautiful and it's amazing to be a part of
2: and obviously you know pat was somebody that you know wanted to change the world as well um just how cool was it to be able to go out there and just like represent his legacy on the field at you know the super bowl um in his state
3: We were at the tailgate prior to the game and you can see the love that this community has for Pat, right? You see the 40 Jersey out there and the 42 Jersey out there. And it was really awesome to go see them, meet with them and talk to them about what state are you from? Right? So Pat's legacy extended all the way from New York to hometown Tempe and, um, being out there on that field, representing Pat's legacy and the foundation really, I was just, a person that was designated to assume this role, to, to have, um, a contact with the community, but what a huge honor. And I wish I I was telling somebody this, I wish Pat was here with us. Right. Like I wish it wasn't me. I wish that we had Pat here with us so that he can continue, um, to make the impact that he has been while he was with us. And, um, to be one of four, I have to continuously process, like, how can I, as an individual and a scholar, what can I do to continue highlighting his life and the love that he gave to the United States and the community here and the impact that he made by selflessly serving?
1: Uh one last question and then we'll let you get out of here. I wanted to know what's next? What, what, <laughs> there's no, there's like, uh, you know, you you basically got to the mountaintop here at the Super Bowl. What's the next exciting thing that you guys are going to get to do?
3: That's a great question. So, for our standpoint, Honestly, Super Bowl was such an amazing experience and there's nothing that compares to the Super Bowl experience that we were gifted. Um, but as the foundation, we are welcoming, um, folks within across the nation to join us at the Pats run and to join us at the honors run if they're not able to make it to Tempe and that's set in April but also if you know any veterans veteran spouses or active duty military members who are interested in joining um, the body of scholars we look for 60 new scholars each year and actually the application's opened right now and it closes on February 28th and so kind of Put that word out there, invite other veterans and veteran spouses and active duty military members to come join us and this amazing community. And then for me, On Monday, I received this news that I made the finalist list for the Presidential Management Fellowship. And so what that means is I get to continue um, embodying Pat's legacy and the values that he lived by by working in the public service sector. And hopefully I continue to make a positive impact. And perhaps it's not as publicized as what we did at Super Bowl, but I honestly believe that the work that we do as scholars make a huge difference on one day to day lives of um, Americans. And so we hope to continue Pat's legacy by living and being the best within the field that we are in.
2: He's not much of a runner, but I'm I'm trying to get my co-host over here, Jeremy, to uh, do the Pat's run. Let's go. (laughs) We'll be sure to
1: keep up with everything that happens uh, into the future with Pat's run and everything with the Pat Tillman Foundation as uh, as it moves forward. Hey, John, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on getting to be a part of this awesome, awesome uh, event and um, the events moving forward as well.
3: Thank you so much for having me and inviting me on this podcast and talk show. Um, and best of luck, y'all.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much to Heijong Park for joining us here on uh, the State of the Sun Devils podcast. We really appreciate it. So much exciting stuff going on. You can also go
2: check it. us out uh, on, on Twitter at uh, AZ Sports Devils.
1: Yeah um (laughs) anyway thanks jesse for making fun of my pause there for a second um you can check out everything going on with the pat tillman foundation especially pat's run coming up very soon um that's gonna be exciting, and uh, Jesse, you really want me to run in that? Is that is that a huge thing? That yes, you really we're want doing me to this,
2: do? and and you know your little like tripod setup thing. My tripod setup. What do you mean? The thing that we have. My the, stabilizer. Yeah, the stabilizer. We're you gonna don't have to really run with it. No, no, so Jake's Jake's actually in shape, unlike us. So he's gonna have that and be filming you, you dying on on the Pat's run, but it's for a good cause. So we're gonna do it. Awesome to to hear
1: about everything that they got to do on on Sunday. I'm really jealous that they got to go on the field, but like obviously they deserve that honor and um happy for them that they got to do that again Jealous as, as well, but um, very jealous. Of me. <laughs> Manny Wilkins is back. Um, that's something that we wanted to talk about. Real that's quick that's what we're we...
2: leading with. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's where. That's what you put on the show sheet. Josh, okay. Kelsey. I mean,
2: yeah, you could. You can always go loosely based on what I put on the show sheet. <laughs> um, Manny Wilkins is is going to be in St. Louis. In the Battle Hawks of the XFL. That's so exciting for him. The best ASU quarterback of the last like six years. I disagree. Who was uh, better? Burco. Eh. Was he six years, though? I don't know. I, I think six years ago was, was Manny Wilkins' first year starting. I Seven guess, years ago, actually. I yep. guess I guess you could say 2019, Jaden was pretty close. Yeah, yeah, but did he have that dog in him like Manny does? I don't know. Manny um, talked some great trash after the U of A game, if you ever want to look up where 2018, find, 41 to 40.
1: Where, can we promote Manny Wilkins' music? Where can we find that? Do you I, I, know? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um you can probably find. I think it he's on. back on football, though. Yeah, but like he still he made some pretty good music. You can find probably on SoundCloud. Jake is watching soccer right now. Jake, how you doing? Pavard, second yellow.
0: I missed miss the second leg. Second yellow. Our all, audience of the has game? already turned you off. The, the,
2: mm-hmm. Our audience has already turned off the podcast. Well, no, they, they probably listen to Hey Park yeah but they turned off the part pod- the podcast like w- when we started talking about Manny Wilkins and the soccer game that Jake is watching <laughs> good thing this isn't live and you can edit it out <laughs> will I though I don't think I will because this is funny um, um, and don't it's up to you uh, let's get to the men's basketball team. your life your choice we're not going to talk about how the, how Dillingham wants to run G lead um, we can we can go back to that okay. because
1: you said I can loosely listen to
2: what you put on the show so you... eh, I shouldn't have said that
1: yeah um, we're gonna to go to the men's basketball team. Um they swept the Bay Area schools barely. Um that was exciting. What? What's so funny, Jesse?
2: <laughs> it's just Jake's reaction to this game. <laughs> <laughs> they won
1: by four against Stanford and won by eight in overtime against Cal. Um, Cal's really bad, Jesse.
2: Yeah, they're terrible, but ASU won, so who cares next?
1: <laughs> um, Cal is 3-22. and 22. ASU now improves to 18-8, 9-6 and, eight, nine and six in the conference. Um, Still massively on the bubble. Massively. Um, but now coming up this weekend, uh, they can solidify themselves as um, just... On the bubble instead of massively on the bubble? Correct. Okay, so Jake, they start off against Colorado, who's, you know, they're a pretty good team. Two games above 500. What, like,
0: are they looking ahead to the Utah game, though? Like, do you see that happening? No, dude, it's the same thing I said when we realized that this team's pretty much in a tournament for the rest of the season. And it's the same thing. Like, this is a game that you can't lose. And Utah's a game you can't lose, but you can't look to the next one. Like it's It's literally as if you are in a tournament already. So, you've already beaten Colorado on the road. You've proven that you can beat them in an environment that is against you. So... I think DFA. Granted, it's a Thursday, and not a Saturday, but still, six PM game too. KD, uh, going
1: to you know, KD is going to be announced on Thursday, so maybe Suns fans are going to be out that game too. So
0: not, he's not going to play, but but still, the, so the crowd might won't be as strong as it would be on a Saturday, potentially. But they got to figure out how to win on their home floor, man. Like I, I know yeah. they've been losing to decent opponents. I mean, it's UCLA, it's U of A, Oregon's not a bad basketball team. You got to win this game. You got to win against Utah. Give yourself a chance to win one of those last three, get two wins in the tournament, the Pac-12 tournament, maybe more and then see where you fall. Cuz that that's that's the recipe. That's your minimum expectation of what ha- has to be done. And it's and it's literally it's it's just very black and white at this point. It goes
1: to what I've been saying though, Jesse. It would be beneficial for this team to not get a bye in the Pac-12 tournament.
2: Eh, they would just play another game against, like, Cal. Right, but that that's another win that boosts their
1: record, is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, it boosts their record, but it doesn't boost their quad. Uh, but like, I, think, uh, I think all that they need, Jeremy, this is what this team needs. They need to get to 23 wins. That's my opinion. They need to win five more games, right? And one of those wins needs to be against either UCLA or Arizona. I think if they beat USC, it's not going to matter as much as beating UCLA and Arizona and right. I I don't think I don't All think times. they will get I don't think they will get into the tournament if they do not beat either U of A or UCLA and here's the thing about we're not going to Dayton well, they might again if they beat they you, live in Dayton they do they live in Dayton they're, they're the secondary tenant of that arena <laughs> um, it's the first it's the Dayton Flyers and then the second it's ASU but anyway they need to beat one of those two teams and I I think you gotta look at UCLA You've got to look at UCLA as the team that they need to beat. Because number one, Pauley Pavilion is a great atmosphere. However, its atmosphere isn't... As good as it could be, it was, the, it's not as good as it was in the seventies and eighties. That's true, but it's also it, it also if you if you go to they're Poly, not winning every championship
1: every year. It, it's true, but again, <laughs> it, it's still
2: a great atmosphere. But if you go to Poly Pavilion and you watch a game there, it doesn't feel like a college basketball arena. They're very far away. The students are very yes, far away from the I've court. noticed that it will not feel like U of A, where everyone is on top of you. That game is going to be extremely hard for them to win. UCLA. Winnable game. They can win that one. They almost beat them in Tempe. And so, yeah, that game, in my opinion, I got that one circled. They need to win that game. And then they need to get to 23 wins. So, in my opinion, that's going 4 and 2 in the rest of the Pac 12 season. And then they need to win a game, a game, <laughs> in the Pac 12 tournament. That's my opinion. Get to the semifinals of the Pac 12. Let's Aren't go. Only over... five games left.
1: Yeah, uh, there's uh, five games left, correct. So they need to win two games of the Pac-12 tournament.
2: Okay, well, no, okay. Then my my bad. I got that wrong. Yeah. So, so they, they need to go they, four and one. I don't know. No, they need to go three and two. Okay, they and, need to go three and two. Then they need to win two, two games in the Pac-12 tournament. I've been yeah. bad with my math. No, you're and, good. And things, yeah.
1: yeah, if they go three and two and one of those wins is against Arizona or UCLA, then they're probably in. Um, probably. If they don't lose to Cal.
0: Um, <laughs> which, I mean, you never know. But uh, I want them to get a
2: bye. I want them to get a bye.
0: Realistically, if you just look at how the standings are shaping up, if ASU wins the games we're saying they need to win, they're going to get a bye because they'll knock down Utah. They'll knock yeah. down USC. And right now it's like a – I know it's not actually a nine-way tie, but there are a lot of teams right around nine conference wins right now. Yeah. So – Let's talk about Colorado for a second. That's the
1: upcoming opponent on Thursday night. Well, Check this, out my
2: article after that one, ArizonaSports.com.
1: Is that is this another eight PM start, Jesse? Six PM. Oh, thank goodness! Eh, on a <laughs> Thursday,
2: it's we we like eight PMs because more more fans there.
1: Let's talk <laughs> about Colorado real quick. Um, ASU squeaked by them. Uh, when was this? December, Jesse. I don't. I don't the ASU was, it was seven, December first. ASU. Talking about the
0: last time they played Colorado.
1: Yeah, they, yeah they, they, that was like three seasons ago. All different All yeah. different seasons. They improved seven and one at the time. This, this, this was uh, coming off their big win against Alcorn State. Uh, then they went to Colorado. <laughs> I think I had to cover that. Uh, and, and they went to Boulder and and beat Colorado by one point. It was sixty to fifty nine. Um, Colorado at the time uh, they were four and four. Now Colorado comes comes into this. Game. Uh, what is it? 14 and 12? Yeah, 14 and 12, 6 and 9 in the conference. Um, so, I mean, Colorado's good. They're not great. ASU should win this game. They have Warren Washington coming back, and Bobby Hurley talked about that earlier today on Bickley and Murata. Most
2: likely have him coming back. Yes,
3: Warren was was in was in practice yesterday, and uh, you know he's he's still gradually building himself up, and we're optimistic that he'll be able to play on Thursday.
0: For what it's worth, John Rothstein of CBS Sports said that Hurley said he would be expected back.
2: Expected back. Optimistic. Optimistic. Most likely. We'll probably see him. You, you guys haven't muted Rothstein yet, or no? He's still still online. He still breaks news. He still he breaks news. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has his bots do yeah. his tweets for all the teams. Yeah. Uh, not confirmed, but we think so.
0: Oh, I'm looking at the standings right now. Utah has ten wins. USC has nine. ASU nine. Oregon nine. So two of those schools will not get a bye. Yeah. You're playing two of them. Two of them you have to beat. So, so it's just going to cancel itself out. Yeah, they will get a bye. The only way they make the tournament, the, the, everything we just talked about having an extra pack twelve games, not going to happen. Because if they lose and have the extra game, they're screwed. Like they they have so lo- to win.
1: Losing to Oregon really screwed them over. Basically,
0: well, it doesn't help. Right. But like, it, 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 but at the end of the day, like it's it still they would still be getting a bye. Like there, there's there's no way that they. How do I phrase? They, they can't
1: lose those three games at the end of the season.
0: They're, here, in my opinion, there's no way they finish f- fifth or or lower in the Pac-12 standings and make the NCAA tournament. Like I don't think that's well, unless they win the unless, tournament. Yeah, but take that off the table. You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying yeah. now? Like if they finish in the top four, which they will have to do, if even if they went three and two in the next five games, and that's losing to the top two in your conference which are top 12 teams in the nation top 10 teams in the nation I just we you know we keep talking about you gotta you gotta do this you gotta do this and it's just I, there's nothing I've seen this team do to give me co- any confidence that they can go into Poly Pavilion or go into the McHale Center and pull out a dub
1: uh, someone to watch out for on Colorado Jesse is KJ Simpson. He's been fantastic um, this season, and especially in the last two games, had fourteen five and
2: five against Utah, and that's including. What position does he play? He plays a uh, guard. What well, what's his class? Oh, he's a sophomore. So oh, okay, yeah. he's not experienced guard play. So see that gives yeah. that gives me hope for ASU on Thursday. Yeah, because if he was an experienced guard coming into ASU on a you know on a Thursday night. Uh, crowd, you know, into it. Um, Can I finish my point? Well, I, I, I get what you're okay. trying to say. All right, all right. Uh,
1: the thing... To you're not letting me do my thing today, Jeremy. I, I hear what you're trying to do. I'm not having it. <laughs> you're not having it. <laughs> so 14-5-5 okay. f- five five against Utah. That includes two steals, but guess what? Turnovers. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. He likes to turn over the basketball. And sure, what, he likes to. I'm nah, he, sure. he, he's prone to turning over. That's <laughs> there what I meant go. to say. So, but what does ASU do best? They get out in transition, right? Yes. Yes. So, look for ASU to absolutely blitz KJ Simpson in this game and try and force him to turn over the basketball. He had a really good game against Stanford. 21 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, but 3 turnovers. So... If ASU can force a couple turnovers on on Colorado and K.J. Simpson, I, I think they got a chance in this game. Uh, Jesse, doing uh, you did your research before uh, we started this podcast. Number 188 uh, in scoring uh, in the NCAA. Colorado scores 70.9 points a game, so 71 points a game about, yep. if you want to round up there. Um, they're number 68 on scoring defense. So pretty good defense. They're long, they're 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 good at taking the ball away, I would say. But ASU's gotta take care of the basketball. They do they've been really good at ball movement recently, especially at home. It's just putting the ball
2: into the basket yeah. that's been the yeah, issue. <laughs> you know, it's 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 always something. You know, always something university, you know, that's, a lot of people like to say that it's always something like they're never like, oh, what a, what a game by ASU. They they passed really well. They moved the ball really well. They, they shot really well. Oh, the defense was great. It's always like, oh, they won. They shot 31%. Right. It's Yeah, so that's been the issue. Um, that's why they probably went to overtime with Cal is because they had a very poor shooting percentage in that game. Um, but, you know, it. it <laughs> against Colorado I think they're a good defensive team I think it's going to be kind of what we saw against Colorado earlier this season even yeah. though it's been so long 60 to 59 60 to 59 yeah. 58 56 <laughs> 57 54 something like that A college basketball game Jake. A college basketball <laughs> game 100%. I don't
0: mind ASU playing a team that is basically just a carbon copy of themselves because <laughs> yeah. if it's if it's a defensive battle I think ASU has enough offensive power to pull them out it's when they're playing an offensive juggernaut and the defense can't contain them like we saw against U of A and UCLA they can hang but eventually the points stop like we saw it with UCLA as Jesse said veteran play UCLA is such an old team man that last five minutes it was like yeah these guys have done this before they went sure. to the final four last year right it was two years ago two years ago yep. but they were on the team so it's a, it's, a, it's like the same core. These guys yeah. are these guys are old and experienced. Tommy
2: Hawkes and apparently Tiger Campbell. Apparently he has another year left, Tiger Campbell. jeez. <laughs> oh, um, Experience backcourt. Before we get into Utah,
1: which is probably the most important game of the season so far coming up. We've said that like every week.
0: Every game from here on game. out is the most important game. Cause every, cause if you yeah. lose, it's over.
1: Jake you're a Duke Brennan truther. I would say.
0: I would say that you really like Big Brennan, right? I I mean I Austin Nunez is my, is my favorite player on the team, but I also like Duke. You're yes. a
2: big Duke Brennan fan. www.dukebrennanisastud.org. Check it out. Jake's Jake's domain. He has all the, the why Duke Brennan should be starting. Sat- here.
1: Sat- Saturday, Duke Brennan's going to play nine minutes, and Jake's going to force him into his piece. I, 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 well, I, I had to write about him this weekend because he started and played place of war in Washington. That's what I was going to say. He had 9.7 rebounds, a block, an assist, a steal. He was all over the place. Don't forget about Alonzo Gaffney. He had 13. Uh, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the guy stepped up, right? Right? but
0: obviously an overtime game. You don't want to see an overtime game against the three. First and whatever. time since 1996 they've had over 50 boards in a conference game.
2: www.knowthetruthaboutduke.org.
0: And, and then the sweep is the first time they've had two road sweeps in a single season since 1980 One fantastic. Um, um, but yeah, what do you? If
1: Warren is only able to go limited minutes, what do you want to see from Gaffney and um, and Duke Brennan again?
0: First and foremost, you have to do everything that Warren provides you defensively. Now, Warren is Warren has offensive skill that no other big on this team has, which is why it sucks when he's out because you literally have no presence in the paint. But I think Duke can get cr- crash boards. Gaffney obviously has proven he can crash boards, which as long as you can dominate the glass from a defensive perspective, like you've completed the job. Team did not score. It's our ball, and as long as you can shoot, again we've said this all year. As long as you're not shooting in the low thirties, you should win the game. Like, as again, but like we've seen these streaks where they shoot in the teens, and it's like yeah. you're not going to win it. You're never going to win I a mean, game. College basketball, you're going to see that sometimes. I know, but like you're. Your offense is below average to average, and then on its best nights, it's above average. So, if that's what you're getting night in, night out, you... you You have to do everything you can defensively to make sure that if you have a slow offensive night, you're not out of the game from the start like we saw against San Francisco.
1: That's why I'm saying the transition points are going to be key in this game. And I think ASU can really take advantage of that on the Colorado side of the ball.
0: (laughs) www.brennanisthebomb.com Just because we haven't mentioned it on this Arizona State pod, uh,
2: U of A lost to Stanford. That's exciting. Yeah, but is that exciting though? Because now that win... ASU swept Stanford. That's true, but but again, again the win, does that the make, win, a, make does it a quad two? Yeah, well, because Wait, Stanford it beat, sucks.
1: Stanford beat Oregon, but then Oregon beat us, and we we
0: beat Oregon on the road. It, and it <laughs> makes the loss to U of A. I mean, I don't think U of A is going to change quads by that, but like anytime the teams you lose to lose it doesn't help. No. DukeIsDemand.org. Thank you, Jesse. Um, moving on to
1: Utah now. Um, they're seventeen and nine. They're playing really good basketball right now at the exact right time. We're we not going
2: to predict the Colorado game. Or do we do We're do going to do both. Day? Okay, both got at it. Yeah. Yep.
1: Can you let me drive the show? No, I'm, I'm just here, Jeremy. Today. <laughs> I don't even have the show sheet open. I'm just I'm just out here riffing. Seventeen and 9, 10 and five in the Pac twelve. Utah is playing good basketball at the time that they like at the exact right time. They need to play good basketball right now. Um, they beat Cal. They beat Colorado. Um, the crappy thing is, for them, they lost to Stanford, then they lost to Oregon. Now, that doesn't mean that they change quads just yet, right? ASU still needs to win this game on Saturday. But if Utah loses to Arizona and Arizona State, then they have UCLA next. And then they got USC, and then they finished the season off against Colorado. So, like... There's a feasible chance that Utah goes 0-5 to finish the season. And what have we been talking about? Like, the past four weeks, it's all about quad, 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 quad. Quad! There. Exactly. Quad. And if Utah loses these next five games, it's not a good look for ASU.
2: No. So ASU needs to beat teams, and then ASU needs to root for teams. I love college basketball. That they have beat (laughs) to win. I love college basketball. <laughs> this is this is the time of year where you where you really get into this stuff because it's honestly sometimes more fascinating to watch like all of this like tournament stuff play out than it is to actually watch the actual game. Does it not just make you
1: laugh watching some of these games Jake you're like I was rooting against this team like 2 weeks ago and now I'm rooting for
0: them. Like you don't know what to do. It's funny the the first thing I thought of when you guys were talking about this is this is what happens when you don't win your games in the beginning <laughs> of the season. You you now are, have no control. You well, started off pretty well this season. Beginning of the Pac12 season. Yeah, I get yeah, what you're yeah saying. beginning yeah. of conference play. Yeah. Like you are not in control now, right? You you're rooting for other teams who you don't like usually, but it changes week to week. Yeah, the, the, and then the qu- the quad thing too like Certain wins might not be as impressive as they once were, and vice versa. Like certain wins, oh my god, that that win might actually be more impressive, like the Creighton win, exactly. And, and the Michigan is the one I'm alluding to about not being worth a damn anymore. So, I, I, to me, it's just just focus on what you can, you can control. Win. Just win. Like no no one can say no to you if you win the game. Just win, baby.
2: Yeah.
0: Like it's like it's dumb and it's a, I know it's just a single mind, you know, very just one one-way single-minded. Narrow-minded. Single-minded. But it's as simple as that, man. Like if if you're if you're focused on too much, if you're focused on what you can't control, you're not going to
2: focus on your on what, what you can control. Yeah, but from a fan perspective, this is what you watch and pay attention to. It's like, how's Utah doing tonight against Oregon State on the road? We're like, do we want Stanford to beat Arizona? Like Pac-12 basketball with Roxy Bernstein, <laughs> Bill Walton. You, you tune in. I tune into games just to listen to Bill Walton. Now I'm not t- doing that. I'm tuning into actually like pay attention to the game. How are the quads doing? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I didn't do that. Jesse,
0: uh, would you have the huevos Rancheros to say what you said about Polly Pavilion to Bill's face? Yes. Well, next time he's in town, let's get that done. Let's get that done. (laughs) I will. I will and then he'll I'll just, record it he'll it. just call me an idiot and it'll be fine <laughs> but he'll remember your name because
1: Bill
2: Walton remembers everyone for some reason bill Wal- that, that guy's uh, awesome Bill Walton's awesome he is an encyclopedia of basketball he will remember a guy <laughs> from thing- 1989 Jeremy that's a fine for you I'm taking my money back you okay. just sniffled into the mic I'm sorry <laughs> I'm taking but my money back <laughs> I
1: saw I saw Bill Walton last game he did for ASU and he's walking down the tunnel he's remembering all the managers names and everything for ASU like talking to them I
2: he's a cool great, human yeah, great, great human
0: being great guy, guy. Um, at Utah 199 oh. Oh, Jesse, you know who's definitely going to be calling this ASU-UCLA game on ESPN2? Bill Walton and Dave Pash. Might, might have to make a trip down. Might have to make a trip just so you can ask him. I'm
2: going home to Virginia. I'm, get, hey, I'm, Pauly, I'm getting did, uh, the, the hell out of this Dodge. Stadium
0: is not, this, this is a fake stadium. <laughs> I did not say it was a fake <laughs> stadium (laughs) this is made
1: out of cardboard Uh, i would love to talk about bill walton forever i love bill walton he's awesome but we really have to get back to this utah stuff um utah's 199th in scoring offense uh but they're 18th in scoring defense so like another defensive battle jake that i know we've come accustomed to this year but i just want to see one game where asu just just shoots the lights out you know and I feel like that could be the Saturday.
0: No. Yeah, they're so streaky, man. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it this it sucks because this ASU team I don't think is necessarily built to win consecutive games in a row. I think they're made to win like two of every three. So over the course of a year, you're still a good basketball team. But like because they can't score, there's going to be a game where they. Someone's cold, or they play a good team. What happens if Dev, Devin, Desmond Cambridge Junior is cold? I mean, the game—it's over. Yeah, the, the game is over.
1: That's what happened against Oregon.
0: ASU will not win. Yeah, like like, and if and if that's the case, and you're playing against a top twenty defense. They're gonna. They're literally gonna make sure he doesn't beat you. So who's gonna have to step up? DJ's gonna have to step up. Austin Nunez is gonna have to step up. Frankie's gonna have to step up. Like everyone's gonna have to step up to score in place of Dez if they can slow Dez down or shut him down. So yeah. I don't. Again, like I said, I would prefer to play a team like Utah than a team like U of A or UCLA because at least you have a chance when you're not scoring because they don't score either. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like. <laughs> it it's a little different when you know as well as Dubellas is scoring forty a night, right? And and if he's cold, okay, well maybe Chris Kerr is going to go off. And like they they have so like the same thing with UCLA. So the, these games, I, I, I they just mm, it,
2: it just it's it's do or die. You literally have to sweep. This team needs a star. That's what I think we're saying here. And they don't don't really have a star. Desmond Cambridge Jr., very good player. Frankie Collins, very good player. DJ Horn, very good player. Warren Washington, very good player. But they don't really have a star. And in college basketball, you kind of need that guy that is just kind of going to always be the one that, you know, not bails you out, but is just so much better than everybody else on the floor that it helps you guys get... To the place which you want to be, U of A. That's Azulus Tabellas. Like he's just so much better than everybody on the floor. You look at you know in past years, you got Duke, you got Zion. Zion was so much better than everybody else on the floor. These are premier programs, though, yeah. Then. But and but and you go back to you go back to times when ASU made the tournament, though, and they usually had that guy. If you look at James Harden. Obviously, he was that guy. Uh, Ike was that guy Don't back worry. in the day uh Dort Remy Dort Remy
1: like I it mean, was I mean it it was a little bit like the three-headed monster when when they had Cody
2: Justice, Shannon Evans yeah. and um Trey Holder. The thing is is that like one guy could take them over the top and it was one of the three um Jahi Carson when he was here. He was the star. Like they weren't just going to do it with a bunch of guys that were okay and Jordan Bochinski It was Jockey Carson is really good and oh look you've got Jordan Bochinski as well so they don't really have that guy and so they're they're gonna just have to figure out ways to get tough gritty defensive wins um let's make our picks which is hard yes but when it comes to tournament teams might not be expecting it which will make it not that hard to get to the Sweet 16. <laughs> Here he goes again. Anything
1: can happen in March Madness. Um, let's make our picks. Jesse, you can go first on Colorado. Go ahead. I, I mean, you can, you can pick both games. I don't care.
2: Go ahead. 58-56 to 56, Arizona State. They will win that this one on Thursday in front of um, not as big of a crowd as Saturday. Um, and I, I think it's a defensive slugfest. Won't be fun to watch. Probably some fouls. Uh, Yeah, you, you might see an angry Bobby Hurley. You, you, you probably will see <laughs> It's every game. <laughs> you, you, you will see an angry Bobby Hurley.
0: My theory on that is like a hard foul. He he yells at the ref for the first time really badly, and that sets the tone for the rest of the night where he can get away with screaming at him. He, he, pre- but he doesn't get that many technicals. No, he talks to them like they know. They they know what's going to happen. Yeah, like they,
1: they know him by now. I'm going to get yelled at by this guy all yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. and they, they give him some leeway. Because he because he, he's probably really nice to them not when they're not like when they're not
0: calling him yeah, <laughs> every time
2: you every time you talk to Bobby Hurley like outside of ASU super nice guy yes
0: shout out on Facebook to the ASU alumni chapter of Pittsburgh for sharing my story of the, which Pittsburgh this one's spelled U R G H <laughs> so this is going to be the the real
2: the real Pittsburgh PA people who really. Listen hardcore to our show. <laughs> they will they would really get that, get that reference. <laughs> Other people, if you're listening for the first time, you will not get that reference. But listen to our episode where we talked about how Jaden Rashada signed with ASU. From Pittsburgh. Not that Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Jesse, go ahead with Utah, and then we'll get to Jake's face. Oh. Utah, uh, again, ASU is going to win in a defensive battle 65-59. to I'm not doing scores. I think they're going to win both. (laughs) I like doing score predictions. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Both these teams
0: are, like I said, carbon copies of ASU. I think ASU is better offensively. Averages, and you're at home, would lean that ASU pulls both these out. There's also a desperation factor. ASU is playing Utah two days after they have to play U of A. They're playing Colorado on a more fresh note. Um, we'll see. Warren maybe is better than, on Saturday than he is Thursday. Hell, we we really don't know. Maybe he's fine now. We'll we'll figure it out. But he'll be better Saturday than he is Thursday for sure. Um, I think ASU wins against Colorado. Um, I
1: I think they win it not handily, but I th- I think it's one of those where Colorado has to start fouling and it gets a little out of hand like toward the end of the game. But it was closer than it looks. Um, but I think Utah that's gonna be a tough one because Raleigh Wooster. Covered him when he was in high school, by the way. Uh, Raleigh Wooster has been very good for Utah this season, especially coming from BYU. Or Yeah, I think he was at BYU last year. Um, But he's been really good for Utah this year, running the point. Um, And Utah cannot lose out. This season, and I think that's a game where they're coming off a loss to probably a loss to Arizona. Arizona's looking to get back on track after a loss to Stanford. It's just kind of like a buzzsaw game for Utah going into Tucson this this week, and then they really just need this game against Arizona State, and I think they're going to get it, and I think Arizona State. State Loses to Utah on Saturday.
2: But that's like the end of their tournament hopes.
0: Yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. They, they lose one of these two, it's over. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, in, unless, and, unless they beat, unless they go three and zero to end the season. Yeah, so, if, but, if they again, beat
2: UCLA no and Arizona, which is not going to happen, uh-huh. and USC, they probably won't win either. Yeah,
1: and I unfortunately think that they lose to Utah this weekend.
2: Okay, well, so do you think that they won't make the tournament? No,
1: I don't. I, I think that that ship sailed up like a month ago. A month ago, wow, that was like sorry when they were three, playing three weeks ago when they when they lost to Washington State. Okay, yeah, I think that's when the ship sailed. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah,
2: okay, you could have said that like three weeks ago. Yeah, whatever. I time time for Super Bowl week, you know, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> which was last week, not three weeks ago.
1: I, I it felt like a whole month. Did, did Super Bowl week feel like a whole month to you guys? Yes. I felt like it.
2: Yes. Um, do do we wanna talk about uh what you're most excited for this weekend, Jeremy? The women's basketball game. Yeah, Jeremy is really big on Utah women's basketball. Yes. Um he's not watched a single one of their games. How do you know that? Um, because you've told me. Um you've not watched a single one of their your, their games, but you enjoy watching looking at their box scores, and so you're gonna be there on Jesse, Sunday. Jesse, they're twenty two and two. Like they're fourth in the country. Yeah, but their, their defense really good. is terrible.
1: It, do- it doesn't matter. Their they defense sco- is terrible. They
2: scored 124 points against Oklahoma. Yeah, like three months ago. <laughs> you've not watched them at all. <laughs>
1: Listen, Jesse. But you're going to be score. there. They scored 92 <laughs> points uh, against Washington a few days ago. It, it's all going to deter It'll determine whether Utah is legit if they win these next two games. Because
2: will it though? Because yes. ASU is the last place team oh, listen, in the listen, conference. Listen to
1: me, Jesse. <laughs> they play Arizona in good Tucson. Team. Great team. N no, good team. And then they come here. Natasha Adair's is going to have their team th- that team ready, and 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 a- ASU is going to come out firing. But it's okay. about how the Utes respond. It's about how the Utes respond, and I think they will. I think they will. They got a they got a player that scored twenty points a game, Jesse. You don't see that in the college basketball ranks. Yeah, you do. <laughs> she's she's shooting sixty percent from the field. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm big on on the Utes this year. I think they're really good. Yeah, they it score seems like are you're,
2: you're, you're big on the Utes' men's and women's basketball teams.
1: I think they're both really good. Yeah, okay. but I think the, the women's team
2: is much better. Obviously. Yeah, they're number four in
1: the country. Okay. I've been saying this since the beginning of the year. When they when they had that three-game stretch against Southeast Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Alabama, where they scored 93-plus points in each game, that's really good in college basketball. Whether it's women's or men's, but that's you really can't, good.
2: you can't, <laughs> like, when you don't play defense, you're going to lose in the tournament. They, the most points they gave up in that three-game stretch was 86 points. That's bad. That's terrible. They gave up 86 points. Yeah, That's pa- awful.
0: In the past
1: two games, they've only given up uh, They gave up 59 and 69 points. It's awful. No, they're good. 86 points is awful. Anyway, I'm excited to watch my Utes. Um, and then uh, the uh, Natasha Adair and ASU Women's Basketball, we're hoping that they go out there yeah, and get a okay. win Yeah,
2: Okay, So here's the thing about that, and I, wa- yeah. I wanted to bring this up on the podcast today. Friday against Cal... They lost. Um, they scored three points in the third quarter. Um, I think this team is going to go winless in the Pac-12. There is really no chance Can't for them be to... can they beat Colorado? Colorado is either ranked or flirting with being ranked. Oh, boy. It's not good. No. Yeah, Colorado's 20-5 and five and number 21 in the Utah country. is... Yeah, Utah is very good. Uh, I know I... I I've Clowned on their defense or whatever, but like they, they are a very good offensive team. So that's going to be tough for them to 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 Why complete. Why is that and Friday the, game an eleven a.m. start? It's the kids game. Oh no! Yeah, I don't have I to go. I'll have the sound turned off. I, I'll have to go. Yeah. I won't have to go. But uh, anyway, so yeah, the the kid the kids game is on Friday. But yeah, and then after that, the the remaining opponents, it's tough. They have a <sighs>
1: I will say this: Pac-12 women's basketball is really fun to watch this year because literally everyone is ranked. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like it is every year. Like Stanford
2: yeah. might not even be the best team in the con- in the conference, and they they have they want they could be the most talented. though. They're, yeah, they've got the best chance to win the national championship out of the conference. Yeah, so. yeah, but again, Arizona State is not one of those teams. Uh, again, they 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 blew their opportunity, in my opinion, to I to guess, uh, win a win a conference game. So. You're gonna have to wait another year to see if uh, Natasha Dare can get a Pac-12 victory as ASU's head coach. Um, Before
1: we get to Kenny Dillingham, uh, ASU uh, ASU softball. Yeah,
2: tell me about it. Um, I mean, they they just they 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 won four out out of five. They won four out of five. (laughs) Yeah, they won four out of five uh, in their their tournament. Yep the the new coach Megan Megan Bartlett and they they started out with a with a good run. Baseball should start. It's coming up. Starting soon. I know a lot of fans care about uh, that.
1: Willie Boomkuss was telling Burns and Gambo that their home schedule this year. Is fantastic. If you want to get out to Phoenix Muni, I totally recommend it. Yeah, it's a, lot a great of fun. stadium.
2: Both of those stadiums, Phoenix Muni and Farrington Stadium, uh, I don't think you're going to find a lot of a lot of college softball and baseball facilities that are no. are, are right there. So I mean, like, uh, listen to this: they, they got San Diego State at home.
1: They got uh, teams like UC Irvine coming in, UC Davis, and then they have Arizona. They have Washington State. They have Oregon State, who literally just won a national championship like four years ago. Uh Cal State Fullerton, Stanford, uh UCLA. So some really, really fun home games yeah. for ASU this year. For sure. So if you really if you want to go out and, and check out uh for sure. the men's baseball team and then the the softball team, uh they're they obviously new coach, excitement around the team. A lot of the players stuck around, so um, it's not like it's going to be a huge drop off from what we saw the past. Yeah, couple that, years.
2: I don't know if they're going to be like flirting with the pack the the College road Series, but I, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, it'll um, be fun. It's still so fun. Again, look like what what we're saying here is that it's fun. <laughs> Go
1: watch baseball. Go watch softball. It's fun. Um, now, Kenny Dillingham was on Wolf and Luke last week. Jesse, you listened to that show very closely, as you do. Uh, you, you're a, you're a producer on that show. So Correct. It's very exciting for you to to talk about that show, but. As Kenny Dillingham likes to talk about, uh, he likes to talk about a lot of things going on in the recruiting ranks and stuff like that. Uh, Jesse, you want to set this one up? All right. So,
2: you guys know that I have bought into a lot of what Wolfe has said. Not everything he says, but I've bought into a lot of what Wolf has said. I think football kind of still comes down to Running line of scrimmage. Yeah, If you can run the ball effectively, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. And this is what Kenny Dillingham had to say on, the sh- on Wolf and Luke last week. We will line up in 32 personnel, and we will run G-lead like the 1960 Pittsburgh Steelers did when we're on the red zone. And, we, and if we get to the two-yard line, you best believe quarterback sneak is being run from under center, and that's what we're going to do because at the end of the game, the goal is to move – I think he says move people at the end. Again, this this system, the software. Our,
0: our big people have to be better at pushing their big people. Yeah,
1: exactly. But, but he also said at some point after that that if it's not like if they're getting four yards of carry from the fullback, they're, they could. He said they could run a fullback dive on first and ten.
2: Yeah, Jesse would be amazed. I, yeah, I again like <laughs> like it really isn't. I love the passing game. I think you've gotta have a good passing game. I think you've gotta have good uh receivers. You, you gotta do who, that who just won the Super Bowl, Jesse. The best passing game in the in the league. There you but go. yeah. you've gotta also look at what they did to do that. Mm-hmm. No sacks allowed in the game. I think especially in college football though. Like, they, they
0: scored 14 points off the Eagles defense and offense giving them the ball. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then, yeah.
0: in the end zone or at the one.
2: Yep, exactly. And then also if you got what I love that the Chiefs do is it's not like they throw it behind the line of scrimmage really. It's that they just kind of use their running backs in the passing game as an extension of their run and they get those guys out in space and it's great. They and do that
0: with like called West Coast. Yeah.
2: yeah. And they do that with their wide receivers too, like Kadarius
1: Tony's shifty and, exactly. and like, like if is able to do stuff like that with uh with Elijah Badger on the outside and get him the getting the ball, get him I hate wide receiver screens, but if you do the right motion They work in college. Yeah. Like if you do the right motion, you have the right players in the right
2: positions, it does work. So yeah. I I mean I'm excited I'm excited for this brand of football. I don't expect to see that brand unless it's short yardage. Yeah, that's fine. But even if they're not going to, I
0: think he was just trying to make Wolf happy. As I know, but I'm saying like (laughs) I I wouldn't expect to see them run this on first and ten from their own forty. It's going to be fourth and one from midfield or closer or the goal line. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, I still think that or when you're on your own goal line again, Kenny Dillingham knows Wolf. He's been, you yeah. know, he's Kenny
2: fun. Kenny Dillingham is an AAZ guy, but yeah. <laughs> I do think that, I do
0: think that. um, And that sets you up for passing later when the box is loaded.
2: You can pass out of it, too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying is, like, that's what you need to do is you need to establish the run first, and then once you do that, then, like, that just opens up the field, and you can spread it around the, the wide receivers that they have and the tight ends that are really good Uh. The, the, like I'm, I'm excited to see this offense. That's the thing. Like under Herm, oh, it was so just like, and yeah, yeah. I mean they they ran the ball, but it was just conservative. Yeah, it was so conservative, and it it was just like, like
1: on their own, like on their own forty kind of thing, like yeah, third, was, third third and five, run the ball, and then don't go for it on fourth down.
2: Yeah, like that's you've got to be creative. You've got to innovate. You've got to The so he does best. <laughs> you've got <laughs> Exactly. You got <laughs> exactly. You've got to um you know, you've got to innovate while keeping the fundamental uh principles of the game still intact. And you know, that's what the best teams do as you know, you've noticed in the league and in college football.
1: Yeah. Jake, got anything else on that?
0: Not on that. I just wanted to say happy birthday, Az, 111 that's today. True. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's very exciting. You, you would see an Az native would know that Valentine's Day is always Arizona's birthday. You don't notice it; you just know it. You Valentine's just know Day, it. please. Oh, here we go again.
1: Um, anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Thank you so much to Hey uh Park for joining us on uh, State of the Sun Devils. That was a lot of fun, and I. Really, if you didn't listen to it, I implore you to listen to it, because uh, the Pat Tillman Foundation is doing a lot of good work and got to go to the Super Bowl, so uh,
0: I, that story was awesome to hear. Um, if you've gotten to this point of the pod and haven't heard, or I'm impressed. I mean, people skip around on podcasts sometimes, so
2: I, I, I know I do that. I don't know if they skip around on ours. I think they just listen to the first 10 minutes. And if they want to keep
0: listening, they just listen? Is that, yeah. the, is that what the data says? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, thanks to Jung Park again. Thanks to Jesse Morrison and Jake Anderson for those two. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Make sure to find us on Twitter at AZ Sports Devils. We'll be out at the men's basketball games on Thursday and Sunday. Jesse, you'll be at the women's game on Sunday. I'll probably, maybe, probably be there. You'll definitely... You, you, You need to be there now. Yeah, because I said I was going to be there? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, For Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you again soon. Ciao!